Hello everyone, welcome back. I'm really excited to be here because I haven't recorded a podcast in a couple months now because when I was pregnant, I was trying to record as many podcast episodes as I could and kind of get ahead of the game. So once I gave birth, I'd have a little bit of time off. And that's exactly what I did. But here we are. Um, My baby is two months old and this is going to be my first podcast that I'm recording since I gave birth. So if I sound a little rusty, that, that's why it's been, it's been a little bit since I last recorded an episode. But I'm so happy to be back and happy to be talking to you guys. And I can't wait to tell you guys my birth story because it was pretty crazy. It's funny, I, I know people talk about like their birth experiences being traumatizing, but they didn't realize it until after the fact. And I kind of feel like that was my situation. Like while I was going through it, I didn't know like a lot of the stuff that was happening was not normal um, until afterwards. So I'm excited to share it with you guys. Um, Hopefully I don't miss anything big. My mom took a bunch of notes. So I'm going to be like referencing these notes. But um, I'm sure if my mom listens to this podcast, she's going to be like, hey, you forgot something, but I'm going to do my best to, um, just tell you guys all the good stuff and not make it drag on or anything. But if you guys want to see more about, um, you know, my baby and motherhood and, you know, along with the whole ditching diet culture and all that, all those things that I talk about. Um, make sure to give me a follow on Instagram at this is Miranda Lee. I'd love to um, see you guys over there because that's probably where I am the most active is on Instagram. All right, let's talk about my birth story. Hey you guys, welcome to the Empowered Podcast hosted by your girl, Miranda Lee. I hope you're ready to get confident, throw away the all or nothing mindset, fully surrender to God, and strive to be 1% better every day. Don't forget, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Alrighty, let's get this party started. All right, so for those of you who do not know, my husband and I currently live in Virginia. My husband's in the Navy, so that is where we are stationed. But we are both from San Diego, so both of our families still live in San Diego currently. So my mom and my mother-in-law were both flying out for the birth of the baby. And um, I'll just start with this. They They both got here in time. But, um, yeah, so I guess my birth story all starts on a Wednesday. My mom already had been here for a couple days. We were able to, you know, do any grocery shopping. I was able to get my nails done and we felt ready. So Wednesday morning, I, you know, (laughs) wobble out of bed because I'm this big, large, you know, nine month pregnant woman and I get into the kitchen and I'm just like, uh oh, and I look down and my water broke. And my mom is standing on the other side of the kitchen and I looked at her, I was like, uh, something happened. And she was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, my water broke. So then, you know, I went to the bathroom and 
my, you know, pants were soaking wet and, uh, my mucus plug came out. Sorry, it might be TMI, but, um, I was like, oh crap, my water definitely broke. So I'm going to call the doctor. Um, my plan was that I would labor at home as long as I could before going to the hospital. But when your water breaks, you're at higher risk of infection. So you can't really labor at home as long as, you know, I'd like have that I'd like to. So um, I called my doctor. They said, you know, come in um, as soon as I can. But it wasn't really too big of a rush. So I made sure to call my husband because he was at work and told him, hey, you have to come home. My water broke. Um... Then I, w- I showered. Um, I wanted to take a nap before we went in. So I wasn't in too big of a rush. I hadn't like felt any contractions or anything. And then we ate lunch and packed up the car. So originally um, my plan was to have my mom and my mother-in-law in the delivery room. But because of COVID restrictions, I was only allowed to have a total of two support people. So I had my husband and my mom. So, you know, my mother-in-law came over, made sure to, you know, say goodbye to everyone, pack up. So me, my mom, and my husband drove to the hospital. We brought all our bags inside, went to triage. They had me fill out the paperwork. And then I go into the hospital room and they're like, okay, so we're going to test to see um, if your water broke. It's, um, I forgot what it's called, like a foreigner I don't know you probably if you guys are probably saying what it's called I don't remember what it's called but um they basically take like this swab and they swab me up in my hoo-ha and they test it to see if it was my water that broke um so they go and they do the test and it comes back negative and they said um your water didn't break and I was like it definitely did my water broke but it was a while ago I didn't go into the hospital right away I kind of waited like seven hours before going in (laughs) so you know it could have dried up or whatever and the doctor was like okay well we think the baby's head is like blocking like from the rest of the water it's like it's blocking the rest of the water from coming out So they're like, we're going to stick our hands up there and try to unplug his head to see if any more amniotic fluid comes out. So first the doctor did it, and then he had a nurse try, and then he had another nurse try, and then a doctor. So I had all these people putting their hands up my hoo-ha, but I have such a high pelvis that no one could do it. And they were like, well... Um, we'll monitor you for a little bit longer, but we don't think your water broke. And I told them, I was like, my water definitely broke. But, um, yeah, I guess they didn't believe me. So they sent me home. I went home that night a little disappointed, um, a little bit confused as well, because I knew that my water broke. Um, so then the next day my mom's like, all right, we are going to walk this baby out. So we went to Costco and we went to Trader Joe's and, you know, just walking, walking, walking as much as much as I could. And then my husband and I went to the gym and got our lift in. And during the whole day, I was definitely leaking. And so when I went home, I was like, I'm still leaking. My mom's like, you should call the hospital because they said if you are leaking, you know, to come back in. So 
at that time, I didn't think they were going to admit me. So just me and my husband left. And the first time we went into the hospital, you know, we brought all our bags inside. We're like, this is it. This time I was like, they're going to send me home again. So I brought nothing into the hospital. I left it all in the car. And so me and my husband went in. I told them, you know, I was still leaking after they sent me home yesterday. And there was a different doctor today. And she, you know, does a... a a cervical exam and looks up there and she goes, I don't even have to do the swabbing test. Like I can tell that your water broke. It's very obvious. And then she did the test and it came back positive. And she's like, yeah, your water broke. I don't know what idiot sent you home yesterday, but your water definitely broke. So at this point, my water had been broken for about 36 hours, which, you know, increase your risk of infection. And they were like, we are going to admit you. So they admitted me on, now it's Thursday. Um, You know, I had to call my mom and stuff and say, hey, like, it's actually happening. So then my mom was able to come down. Um, So they finally had us in the hospital room. Um, You know, everything is feeling real now. Like, I'm actually going to give birth to this baby but I hadn't really felt any contractions yet. Um, So I was going over my birth plan with my nurse who I really liked. Um, I just wanna say thank goodness for nurses because I did not have the best experience with the doctors at all, but these nurses were amazing and I could not have done it without the nurses at all. But anyways, so at 12 a.m., I'm just gonna fast forward, is when they decided to put me on Pitocin which is going to basically put me into labor. So because my water had broke so long ago, they needed to induce labor um, and get the ball rolling. My plan, my birth plan, I wasn't, um, I wasn't too like strict about what I wanted done. I had, I called it like my birth preferences because I understand nothing's going to go the way I want it planned. My my preference was that. You know, I'd have more natural um, ways to deal with pain and that I did not want an epidural, but it wasn't out of the question. I just was going to try to do no epidural. So they put me on Pitocin. I'm, you know, bouncing on the birthing ball and, you know, slowly the contractions are starting and, you know, starting to get worse and more painful and definitely not fun. But, you know, I was like... I can do this. I can do this. Um, you know, I'm trying to look at at my notes here because you don't even know like what time of day it is when this is all going on. But they would come and oh, here we go. So they put me on pitocin at twelve midnight, and then at four forty a.m. they did like a cervical exam, and I was only one centimeter. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be forever and it's funny because you know when you're giving birth and you're in the hospital room these nurses and doctors are like going through their shifts so I had you know a new doctor come in who ended up being the doctor that sent me home the previous day and she goes oh I'm so glad that you were able to get the doctors to believe that your water broke And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you're the doctor that sent me home because you didn't believe that my water broke. But whatever. I don't know. She just, 
she really rubbed me the wrong way. So I was not happy that she was there and that she was my doctor at the time. But um, I forgot what it was called, but they this doctor wanted to put something like this metal thing inside of me that would like sit like right at the baby's head that would say how um, dilated I was. So I didn't have to have any cervical exams, but it didn't make sense because there was a higher risk of infection with this device. And because they sent me home for 36 hours after my water breaking, it was just... And, you know, that's already makes you at higher risk of infection. It just wasn't a good option. So, you know, I'm not, I wasn't sure whether I should do this or not. And my doctor's explaining and the nurse that I really loved was standing behind the doctor and she was just shaking her head no. She was looking at me and she's like, no, like, don't do it. So once again, thank goodness for the nurses. So I told them, no, not right now. Maybe this is something we can do further down the line um and I'm glad I said no to that um but yeah so I kept laboring it was you know the pain started to (laughs) to really creep up and you know I was trying the birthing ball and doing all these things oh and another thing I forgot to mention the whole IV situation they like couldn't get the IV where they were supposed to so they ended up putting it like in the crook of my elbow like you guys where they normally like draw blood or whatever but when it's there it's super sensitive so it kept triggering the alarm from my IV so I couldn't even relax or close my eyes because the alarm kept going off um so that was super annoying but then another nurse came in and moved it and I was able to put it in a normal IV location so I didn't have to deal with all the beeping but anyways you know just sitting there dealing with these painful contractions that are just getting worse and then they would up my Pitocin which would make my contractions even worse I'm trying to breathe through it all that stuff and it was not fun But this is where things started getting crazy. So after about 11 hours of labor, I finally had enough with the pain. And I was like, I need the epidural. Give me the dang epidural. Um, So Taven goes, tells my nurse, like, hey, my wife wants the epidural. So the guy comes in. And what I thought with an epidural was that they'd give you the epidural and then after a couple minutes, you'd be good. And I guess that was what was supposed to happen. But what I didn't know until literally after I gave birth was the guy who was administering my epidural was a student. And it took him over an hour to get my epidural placed. So it was super uncomfortable because I had to sit on the side of the bed with this giant watermelon in my stomach. And then I had to um, lean like arch my back for like forward if that makes sense so I was trying you know put my my chin to my chest and they want round my back that's what they were trying to get me to do they wanted me to round my back as much as I could at this at this point my contractions were two minutes long with only about like 10-15 seconds in between each contraction and every time he'd stick me I'd get a shooting pain down the right side of my leg and they said if that happens it means you're doing it wrong and you need to tell them so it kept happening for over an hour until he finally got the 
got the epidural in and I kind of felt it only on one side, but I didn't even say anything because I just wanted it to be over with. Um, and then after about 30 minutes, it set in and it was the most beautiful, amazing thing I ever experienced. Um, just having that epidural, it worked great. <laughs> it was absolutely awesome. And then for some reason, I just got really pale and really nauseous. Um, and the nurse was like, this will either make you throw up or make you feel better. And she brought out like an alcohol swab and I smelled it and it took my nausea away. It was pretty awesome. So that was pretty great. Once I got the epidural, it took the pain away for most of the time. And then toward the end, um, I was definitely feeling my contractions, but it, it wasn't nearly as painful as before I got the epidural. So, oh my gosh, epidural was amazing. Um, so I got the epidural at like 1130 in the morning. Um, and then at 1.30, they came in and they checked me and I was nine centimeters dilated, which meant it, it was coming up. It was getting time to push. Um, and they said they were going to come check me in 30 minutes and they didn't. It took over three and a half hours for them to finally come check me again, but it was okay. I was able to take a nap and stuff. Um, and that's when they said, you are ready. You are 10 centimeters dilated. Let's do this. Um, in my birth plan, I wrote that I wanted Taven to pull the baby out and wanted him to catch Ty. And the doctor was totally cool with that. So the doctor kind of talked him through what was going to happen. He was going to have to put on a gown and gloves and Taven doesn't get woozy from blood at all. So it was going to happen. And I was pretty excited that they were going to allow it. So when it was time to start pushing, I said I didn't want to push on my back. I wanted to, you know, maybe be on all four or whatever. But in order for Taven to catch Ty, the best way for him to do that was if I was on my back. And so I actually decided to do that. Um, I only ended up having to push for 50 minutes, so less than an hour. Um, I, I... I think my cardio and my endurance training for that, that I was able to push that hard and it didn't take too long. Um, but yeah, Taven was able to grab him and pull Ty out. And when Ty came out, he was not crying. He was just quiet. They laid him on my, on my chest. It was very, you know, emotional. And he was just like looking around super alert, but was not crying. They were, you know, kind of smacking him and dry him, drying him off, trying to get him to wake up or make a sound. And he was totally awake and alert. He just wasn't crying, but they were super nervous about that. So they called in peds and they took him away from me, which was kind of scary. And they checked him, but he was fine. And they gave him back to me. And the nurse um, looked at me and my mom and said that this baby was an absolute miracle. And then we were like, why? And she showed my mom, um, and my mom got pictures of it. Ty's umbilical cord had two knots in it, two knots. And if they would have been pulled any tighter, there would have been really dangerous complications. Um, and it could have really been bad for Ty. So praise the Lord that everything was okay. Um, 
But yeah, I had a third degree tear, which was not fun, but Taven actually said he saw it happen, you know, cause he was down there to pull Ty out. Um, but they sewed me up and I didn't feel anything because of the epidural, thank goodness. But it was crazy. I They put a mirror at the bottom so I could like see everything going on. I don't know, I'm weird. I like to see stuff like that. Um, but yeah. So he was healthy. He didn't cry for 24 hours after I gave birth to him. It was the craziest thing, but he is definitely making up for it now <laughs> with all of his crying because he is a baby. But yeah, he is definitely my little miracle baby that he didn't have any issues with the two knots and that the fact that I didn't get any infections um, from them sending me home after my water broke and telling me that my water did not break. I'm just so grateful for the nurses for just really advocating for me and, um, just being there because the doctors were not A pluses. Let me just tell you that. But the doctor who did deliver the baby, I really liked her. She, she did awesome. Um, and the fact that she let Taven pull Ty out of me and then my mom got it on video pretty cool <laughs> but yes and um my mother-in-law was able to encapsulate my placenta for me so I was able to have placenta pills which was something I know it's so weird but it's something I've always wanted to do I just think it is so cool and the body is just so amazing um Motherhood has definitely not been easy, and like I said, Ty is two months old. I actually just posted, like, a two-month-old picture the other day, um, yesterday, actually, and um, I had people comment, like, oh my gosh, he's two months already? Time's going by so fast, and I'm just like, it's not going by fast for me. I'll be honest. Um, there's, it's not easy. Motherhood is not easy, um, not easy on my mental health, but, you know, I, I just give myself grace and I realize that this isn't going to be a forever thing and maybe I'll make another podcast episode about um, just kind of how my mental health has been struggling and uh, maybe another one about uh, my my experience with breastfeeding and just my body in general. I do want to throw in that I just had a baby um, and I'm my priority right now is not to lose weight. My priority right now is to take care of my mental health. My priority is to feed my child um, and with breastfeeding and pumping that does not mean um, being in a caloric deficit. So my goal right now is not to over exercise, to um, eat very little. No, that's not my goal. My goal is to feed my child, to prioritize my mental health. Um, trying to heal my pelvic floor like my body just went through like 10 months of all this crazy changes and it's unfair to um, think that I can just go back to how things were in just a couple days or a couple weeks or even a couple of months if it took me 10 months to get to where I am now I can basically expect it 10 months to get back to um, maybe a new goal. I don't even want to say I want to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight or my pre-pregnancy body because I'm different and that's fine. 
I'm, I'm okay with um, the changes. I'm going to have new goals and I have a new why now, which is so cool. Right now, I just see motherhood as a new challenge in my life and it is something I'm not used to and have never been through before. So it's definitely new scary waters that I am navigating, but it's okay. It's okay. Because I remember how my health journey was when I was struggling, um, you know, with my relationship with food or I was struggling in high school or college and that was all new for me at the time and I made it through and I survived. So this is just a new challenge for me to navigate. Um, but it's just always so important to remember that in this journey that I'm in right now, I'm not alone the same way you're not alone in whatever journey um, or challenges that you are going through and it is okay to ask for help and that is definitely something I've had to do multiple times is ask for help because we weren't meant to go through any of our struggles or challenges or or anything like that alone that's why God made all these other people on this earth so we had other people to reach out to so we had other people to support to find support from so just wanted to add that in there that if you are struggling with anything with your mental health um with your relationship with food with maybe postpartum depression or maybe just anxiety that you don't have to go through it alone you guys you do not and this like i said this is new territory for me and it's even weird like having to go through um these new challenges of like motherhood and you know, postpartum mental health, because I think we always think that we're the only ones going through these things and we're not. Um, but yeah, that was just my little spiel at the end. But yeah, that is my birth story. I can't believe it was over two months ago. It is definitely going by really slow. I'm not going to lie, but like they say, the the days are long and the years are fast. So that's kind of how it feels right now. But um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. And like I said, if you are, you know, interested in seeing a little more into my life or you want to see pictures of my baby boy, Ty, who is now two months old, you can follow me on Instagram at this is Miranda Lee. Um, but yeah, I will catch you guys in the next episode and I hope you have an amazing week.